Hello everybody, it is the time of year to begin registering for one or two of my slow groups that begin in July. My slow groups are these special groups where I focus on one topic and we deeply unpack it over the course of six months. So these are highly nuanced, deep dive, advanced groups. These are excellent for those of you who have taken my six week course or who just want to focus on one particular topic through a somatic and trauma-informed lens. The two that are opening up in July, or will begin in July, are my embodied parenting group and my embodied nutrition group. The embodied parenting group is just like it sounds, learning how to parent from your body, learning how to ground yourself in your parenting so you're not parenting from a reactive triggered place, but from a much more conscious place so you can actually find joy in your parenting instead of it being a total hellscape, like some of you have told me it is, and I've experienced it myself. The other group is an embodied nutrition group. This has been requested for years. For the past four years after students complete my course, they say, can you please do a course on nutrition and make it longer than six weeks? So finally, I can say, yes, you can, and I can, and I did. It is a six-month unpacking of the intersection between trauma nutrition, and somatics. How do we recover from stress and trauma via food? How do we relate to food as a being and not just some object on the plate? What's the biochemistry of food? Why is it not the best for my blood sugar to have toast, but lentils are just fine if they're both carbohydrates? All of this and more will be unpacked in this six-month group. To register for these groups, please go to my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click Groups or you can click the link in the episode details below. Registration closes on June 1st. It is only open through May because we need the month of June to prepare everybody for July. I'm looking forward to this deep dive with you all. I'll see you there. On today's episode, I welcome Unique Hammond to talk to us about the difference between coping and nourishing with food and how food actually becomes a way that we build capacity for life and for healing. I didn't think diet mattered. And what I learned is that there couldn't be anything further from the truth. Diet is one of the most important tools in life for health, capacity, um, therapists of all types should be looking at diet. Diet is this cornerstone of our well-being. And for me, I did 10 years of therapy. That was fine, but I actually didn't reap the benefits of that therapy until I had capacity. Hello, everybody. I don't want you to miss out on the opportunity to take my three-week free email series about how to stop fawning. This series is like a small course that will be delivered to your inbox, two emails per week for three weeks, and it's going to teach you how to release the fawning mechanism. Fawning is the most pervasive trauma response we have because it's so socially rewarded and it becomes our personality. I'm going to teach you through video exercises, through education, and even through a free 90-minute live session how to begin releasing this mechanism from your life. To sign up for this series, visit my website, holisticlifenavigation.com, and click on the button that pops up that says Fawning Series. If that doesn't pop up, just scroll down and join the mailing list, or click on the link in the episode details. If you're already on my newsletter, 
All you have to do is sit back and relax, and you'll receive it on Sunday, March 19th. Now let's begin the episode. Welcome to the Holistic Life Navigation Podcast, where we discuss every aspect of life through the lens of somatic psychology, nutrition, and self-inquiry. My name is Luis Mojica, and I'm a somatic educator who teaches people how to find safety inside themselves so they can better navigate this strange and sensational human experience. Your time to learn begins now. Okay, my friend, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be here with you. I think I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And, you know, I've I've invited you to my six-week course all this year. I think you came to all the ones this year, which is, yeah, it was awesome. Is that four? Did we do four this year? I think I did four. I did four this year. Maybe you started coming in spring. I don't know if you came in winter. I think I did three. Okay, you did three. Yeah. Um, you were such an incredible addition. I mean, you helped so many people and you you clarified our understanding of nutrition and trauma healing, you know, specifically with beans so beautifully. So I kind of wanted to riff on that with you today. You know, Unique's been here before. You can see our other episode with her to hear more about her story. But I thought it'd be fun to just kind of go into more expanding this understanding of stress, biological stresses, adrenaline, how beans relate to that, how nutrition relates to that, even in like a personal relational way, like how you experience it in your body. Uh, So I I guess what I wanted to start with was helping us understand people listening, why beans help so much with inflammation, with stress, with sleep issues, with hormonal issues. Like, let's just start with why are they so helpful with all these things? Well, the the magic um, ingredient as far as a bean goes, is definitely soluble fiber. The soluble fiber is one of the very few elements that is strong enough to hold bile. And um, all that is encapsulated within the bile, which is hormones and um, toxins, you know, the body is constantly filtering blood. I think it's something like 1.7 liters Um I don't know if it's a minute or something like that. I can, I should know this. I do know this. I don't know why I don't know this at the moment, but um, it's escaping me, but it filters all of this blood constantly. And in that blood are toxins, things that we're exposed to, um, you know, and, and it's filtering through the liver. So I think that having something in the natural world where we're not having to take something to clean bile, but to eat something that is on a regular basis helping your liver, helping your gallbladder, relieving it of toxins you've been exposed to, overproduction of hormones that are being broken down um, through the process of bile or not broken down in some cases. And just giving it this container is amazing. Um, I didn't have the education around the adrenaline and how, you know, the body is processing all this adrenaline through the gut And then the soluble fiber is in there capturing it. But I discovered it simply through the experience of doing it. And to me, it was really profound. It was a profound experience because I didn't know that you could live in a human body without feeling anxious, without feeling 
nervous without feeling um, ungrounded all the time. Like, you know, things are constantly in motion, but in an embodied body, embodied, things can constantly be moving, but there's still peace. And that was something that I didn't even know was a possibility. I had no idea. And I was early 30s. So 10 years, let's see, I'll be, you know, next year, right before my birthday, I'll be 10 years on the protocol and I'll be 47. So 37 started on the protocol. 37 years of life, I was anxious. I did therapy. I did, um, went to retreats all the time breathwork retreats, things to try to manage this uncontrolled anxiety living in my body. And when I got sick with Crohn's and I was on the hunt and I knew, like it was one of those feelings. I knew that someone was out there. I knew that someone was out there that could help me. And this belief and my acceptance of this belief was one of the strongest things that had ever happened inside of me. Very insecure, very unsure of myself, but I was sure that there was someone out there. I was like, there cannot be this world of humanity without somebody understanding autoimmune, right? So the needle in the haystack. So I went on the mission of healing my gut naturally from Crohn's, failed every attempt, and was very disheartened, got on the bean protocol, not for my anxiety, not for my horribly painful periods that I had for my gut. And that process where all of a sudden my nervous system, and that was the first thing I noticed because I had had this constant uncomfortable feeling in my body from the time I was a little kid. I felt this dysregulated nervous system, anxious, uncertain, just absolutely frightened half of the time. And because I was so used to feeling that way, I pushed myself to live anyway, because I realized I could not live under the bed and that I would have to force myself out into the world. And I did. I forced myself into every uncomfortable situation that I could because I was like, I have to get over this feeling that I don't belong and that I'm not okay as I am. And that, you know, this anxiety can't rule my life. Something in my mind was like, you have to override this feeling because if you give into it, then I'll be a total recluse. You know, I just feel like I'll disconnect. So when I started eating the beans and mind you, I was eating the tablespoon every 20 minutes, 22 hours a day. So rapid fire, right? Like a, a very, um, therapeutic dose. Um, and suddenly this calm in my body. And that was the moment that I remember getting on the phone with Karen and being like, so tell me more about what they're doing because yeah, my bowels are slowing down. And she was like, well, they're also helping with your adrenaline. And, and I was like, how did you know? And she said, the moment I met you, I knew you were a high adrenaline maker. And, you know, people in my life, Chinese medicine doctor, because they feel the pulse and they're like, oh, unique, you're a hummingbird. 
I was like, what does that mean? Oh, you're anxious all the time. <laughs> so the beans, you know, here I was working on it for my gut and it gave me this gift of suddenly feeling. I couldn't feel anything but scared or insecure or angry, oddly. I could feel angry, but I couldn't feel the nuances. I couldn't feel you. I could only feel me because me was so loud that you didn't even exist. You know, the other was just a projection of my insecurity and what are they thinking about me? And do they hate me? And am I dumb? And whatever it is, right? So to suddenly open this little door of capacity where I could feel was profound. And I was still noticing my gut healing, but it was really this space, this capacity that I was gaining became the playground where I was like, wait, how is this possible? And I would say that that the gut took a while to heal that nervous system, the beans pulling down that adrenaline in my gut. That was to this day. I mean, it's a gift that I can't even put into words. I love that. I love that um, so much about what you said. I love and what I'm hearing the most right now is the capacity piece, because I think it's so great that we see capacity through a biological lens. You were saying for so for 37 years, you pushed through anxiety. And that's what we do. We push through. And when we start practicing the building of capacity and the nurturing capacity, instead of pushing through, it's an entirely new way of living, right? And in that are the nuances of even the needs of body. You know, you, you, you feel your no, even the subtle no's and the subtle yeses, you feel them because you're not overridden with the charge of adrenaline. And when y'all are hearing unique talk about capacity, it's so good that we understand that when we're adrenalized, there's a constant circuit of charge just being electrocuted through the nervous system and the brain. So there isn't capacity for life because the body is already overwhelming itself so much with those hormones that you can't go out and feel exuberant and excited. You don't have the energy to even feel excited and hold the charge of excitement. So this understanding of capacity and being gifted capacity through food, it's something that's very rarely spoken about because we tend to culturally push through and success comes from a lot of flight response and a lot of caffeination, a lot of stimulus. That's what we see as success, like working really hard. Whereas the road you've taken, the road I've taken, a lot of people listening, it's that nurturing the body. It's okay, let me pause and let the capacity build. And then when I have enough, then I go to the next thing. And food I'm hearing was your your teacher. It did showed you it gave you a felt sense of what safety inside of yourself felt like well i had i had accumulated tools over time breath work was a tool um therapy had been a tool reading educating myself was a tool but without being able to alleviate that adrenaline that hormone that was constantly going i didn't have capacity to use the tools. So the tools were just yes. really great in theory. They were really wonderful in theory, but without that healing um, in my gut, right? So it was the healing of my gut that is connected to my brain. And 
So when my brain was constantly going with fear and insecurity and the what ifs, you know, I spent a lot of time in the past. I spent a lot of time projecting in the future. Um, I spent a lot of time just contracted. And I look back now and I realize that I never could tell if I liked someone or not because I couldn't actually feel them in that Mm. space between us, right? Two people create a third thing together. Mm. And I was either caffeinated out of connection or I was drinking to try to create capacity. And I couldn't actually feel that third thing that, that I call it a plant, Mm. you know, that Mm -hmm. plant between two people that both people are watering to keep alive because they want this thing to grow. And I, I didn't have capacity to let see if they were watering the plant because I would just water it for both of us, you know, <laughs> just like here, let yeah. me fill, let me fill the space with all of this insecurity because I want you to like me and I and I want you know this to be okay and so I'm just going to water this plant for both of us and now with capacity through diet through then being able to access the tools I can actually come to a relationship with confidence and and confidence enough to feel the space between us feel that space here and are we both showing up for this third thing that we want to create together and capacity for the third thing you know it it takes capacity to to relate and you know one thing you said i thought was so important to touch touch in on was you said i i drank to try to have capacity and i teach this a lot in week two usually usually come to the course week three or week four so I have those of you listening the six week course week two we go into nutrition for the exact same reason you said because i can teach everybody these tools and their bodies can't receive the tools if they're highly adrenalized they just can't and then maybe they'll get like a little bit out of it even with a lot of stimulation and when the body has released that adrenaline through this nutrition through this kind of protocol with beans and and more balanced meals uh, the capacity to receive these tools and to even have the biology to go into trauma healing, it's so much more powerful and more successful and more effective. So the first thing we do in our exercises of the course is you start implementing different food because food changes your biology faster than anything changes your biology, maybe next to thoughts, right? Food changes it so quick within seconds, depending on what you're eating. And so once they've changed their biology a bit with the food and the adrenalines come down, then they have capacity for this other, other, other practices and for their lives. And people start to learn what you just said, that all of our coping strategies with food in particular are ways that we are, we're not actually building capacity. It feels that way, but we're temporarily, you know, oppressing or soothing something really painful or difficult to be with. For you, it was drinking probably because you couldn't eat anything because your stomach was so off. But, oh, go ahead. Yeah, yeah tell us. Yeah, I was going to say that the drinking was before a Crohn's. I think it was, I think, but I do think that that story of um, uh, coffee in the morning to get going, right, to a yes. career that you don't know if it's your vocation, your calling, but you're showing up to it because you know, you're good at it. It pays the bills. Like there isn't no, there isn't a deeper contemplation of it. You're just caffeinate go at night. Oh, I'm social, right? Social world, social business drink to create capacity. Um, 
there was no nourishment in the conversation. There was no, what am I here to do? There was, there was a, just a total disconnect. And I think that those stimulants, those uppers and then the downer kept me kind of numb to my life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I couldn't get in touch with that. What is my vocation? What is, what am I here for? And um, so the alcohol kind of, pretends to make capacity right that's right (laughs) it's like like, (laughs) yeah i always call it a temporary safety Mm -hmm. because it literally until it metabolizes it slows down all that messaging in the body so there is this break this temporary pause pizza i think of pizza a lot you know as the same thing (laughs) i label these into the depressing category Mm -hmm. Uh, wine you know overeating in general like bread pasta ice cream these things are so hard to digest that they literally exhaust the body so in that exhaustion we literally get a relief from the activation and then once we break it down and it metabolizes we're right back to the activated state And then some, because now we have all this hormonal debt from processing the foods and what they do to our livers and kidneys and such, the blood sugar levels, you know, so I'm saying this for people listening, because I think it's so uh, powerful and life changing to be able to observe the difference between I'm coping and temporarily getting a pause compared to I'm nurturing, nourishing and actually building capacity through, through, again, nutrition and, and nourishment. I really like the word nourishment compared to the pausing and the the coping and the soothing, right? Well, and feeding ourselves is very different than nourishing ourselves. Feeding is an act of filling hunger. Nourishment is an act of feeding cells. It's feeding us on a cellular level, right? It's not just closing down hunger. It's not just, okay, let's make ghrelin go away. Um, it's really nourishment is mind, body, spirit, it's sitting down before a meal. And um, it's not just, I call it the mouth party. It's not just "Mm, mm, mm, yum, 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 that Mm. tastes good. Um, And then it goes downstream and the body, you know, another term for it is I call them the mouth shouldn't be a garbage can, you know, for the body, (laughs) like the body shouldn't be a garbage can for the mouth, right? (laughs) Right. Um, It's like that mouth party. So most me previously, sick me, let's just say sick me, um, lived for the mouth party, right? Was using the upper in the morning, the downer at night for capacity. So you can see this picture building of someone for that first, you know, 30 something years of life was not feeling, was just surviving, right? That state of survival of, I need to make a way in the world. I need to um, be successful and provide for my family. But there wasn't a stopping and feeling. There wasn't, how do I feel? How does this feel? There was no checking in because there was no capacity to check in. So it was, I feel hunger. I fill the stomach so I'm not hungry. It wasn't, I sit down and I nourish myself. Oh, I love two things about that. I love the mouth party and I love the, what you're talking about stimulating in the morning, depressing in the evening. I call that seesaw regulation because you're literally trying to either upregulate the body when it's depressed or tired, even a healthy response. Like exhaustion is a healthy response to too much work. So we often are constantly stimulating past that boundary of I'm tired. So there's that upregulation. Then there's the downregulation of the evening of having the depressant. And, and most people live their entire lives 
in that constant seesaw. Uh, so I think it's important for people to hear that there's there's a sophisticated biology to, biology to that. You know, to literally function and fall asleep in time so you can wake up in time for work and then stimulate to get through uh, an obligatory day, not a day you enjoy. The mouth part is important to me, uh, somatically speaking, because. Uh, one thing I find with people when they start doing the beam protocol or any iteration of it is this ex- experience and sense of boredom because they lose all that stimulus, right? And I think that's like that's like the the nutritional monastery, you know, where they go into this place in their bodies where they lose the excitement that they were getting through food and they're gifted this silence inside themselves which they never have had before and we overcouple that silence with boredom when really it's a sense of peace can, can you speak to that a little bit well it feels like a punishment when you're used yes. to the party in the mouth you know you're like Woo-hoo! and that becomes living right so i bump up against this a lot in my practice where um it's like two pe- people have coupled living with eating whatever they want and that mm-hmm. quote unquote freedom, whereas once uncoupled from food as um, as life, as living, um, but more as nourishment and, and actually living, right? Because we're nourishing ourselves for health, not just for today, but for tomorrow and the next day and the next day after that. So to retrain your taste buds, to enjoy food that nourishes you, um, kind of fuels a much bigger story than just today right now. And and it's interesting because we have this kind of um, live now, you know, YOLO. I talk about this a lot, YOLO. And it's like, well, life is really long when you're sick. So if you're YOLOing yourself into an unwell body, then suddenly life gets very long because illness is um, all consuming and, and life stealing, right? So in the process of, you know, I was a foodie, right? That's, we identify, we couple with these, these um, ideas of like, oh, I'm a foodie. So if I can't be a foodie, then who am I? So in the process of doing the bean protocol, where I was eating steamed um, vegetables with salt and plain white rice and beans, and nothing had flavor, and it felt like cardboard in my mouth. And so I went from overstimulate, you know, overstimulated and, and living incredibly sick, but I was living um, and to absolute deprivation where it was like cardboard, like I said, and I was like, oh, cardboard in my mouth. And in the process of time, my taste buds changed and I was no longer looking for those highly palatable foods and the sugars and the this. And suddenly I started to taste my food and I was like, wow, I can taste how my body is responding to this food versus, you know, like Cookie Monster, <laughs> like food just being this kind of what is the word I'm looking for? It's um, just pleasure. Just that is the pleasure of life, and to not be a slave to fl- food as as living. Um, now I actually live. I feel. I have capacity for others. I have things that I enjoy and things I want to learn and I'm unafraid. Or if I feel the fear of not knowing, I embrace it and I can feel it and I can, you know, work with it instead of I'll just numb out and do it. Um, So that plainness, that sense of purgatory when you start eating really simple is just a moment. 
And suddenly the flavor of actual food is revealed and you suddenly Mm. begin to nourish yourself with the actual flavors of food instead of, you know, the creation of covering things up and taking away the natural kind of presentation of it, you know. Hey, my friends, I want to take a quick break from the episode to remind you my next six-week course begins on May 8th. This six-week course is the best way to work with me. I will teach you what I have learned in the past 17 years about how nutrition, somatics, and self-inquiry can be applied and integrated together to release stress and trauma. We do this through listening to the body, through learning the body's language, which is sensation. And the best part, when the course is over, you get everything. Every lecture, every audio exercise, every PDF is yours to download for life. Registration for my course opens on April 13th. If you want to register and get more information, visit holisticlifenavigation.com and click on the course. Well, I'm also hearing the flavor of life is revealed, you know, because when I have no capacity, like when you're saying you couldn't connect to the other, you know, anyone around you or even anything around you, there's this subtle sensational flavor that occurs, like the the sensations we get from flavor. The only reason we like flavor is because the sensations it gives us. Everything comes down to a sensation, a felt experience. So if you're eating this really incredibly stimulating food, there's a, a dopamine response and you feel like loved by the food. You feel excited. You feel alive. When the food isn't giving that anymore, you have more capacity for life and then the flavor of life, of relationships, of travel, of creativity, of self-expression, of just feeling so good in your body, you want to go for a walk because nothing hurts. That flavor gets so much more exciting than food flavor. And I, I'm at that place where I can eat something super bland or what someone would call bland, let's say unseasoned. <laughs> and <laughs> there, and there's so many, like I just ate, I was just eating these chickpeas and they were just plain, nothing happened. And they were alive for me. There was so much like nuance and texture. I could feel parts of my body settling as I swallowed them. And it was just a gorgeous experience that wasn't dependent on being stimulated by them. And now I get to be stimulated by our conversation and this podcast going out and the millions of offerings I have coming up. It's like, that's my new flavor. So I just loved I love this uncoupling of food is life into, you know, food gives me capacity actually for life. It's not life itself. It gives me capacity for life. Yes. And, and it's letting go of these, um, identities of like, oh, I'm a foodie to me. Now I identify as a healthy person with capacity Mm. and food. Amazing. I mean, I still can't believe it, but food allowed me to access that capacity allowed me to use tools for healing, allowed me... So the thing that I was using to numb with and to live, even though I I wasn't, ultimately in the end is the thing that actually gave me life. I mean, it gives us life. Food gives us life. It gives us that. But to actually encounter a food that could take away an adrenalized hypervigilant state that I was in for most of my life is still profound to this very day. Mm -hmm. And I could say that if there, there's many reasons why I've stayed on the protocol all of this time, 
I feel the best I've ever felt. I healed an autoimmune disorder, Crohn's. Um, I don't have painful periods anymore. I don't have anxiety anymore. I mean, there are moments where I have anxiety, but it's interesting in in my life today when I feel anxious about something, um, like if somebody invites me to something and I feel anxious, it's usually a signpost for me to sit with it and That's get right. clear if this is something I really want. You don't eat it down, about? you let it come up and show you something. Come up and then I ask, um, is this in alignment with myself? Um, does this feel like something I have capacity for right now? Like I ask questions instead of just anxiously going, oh, I'm anxious, but this is great. I'm going to do this. I sit with it and I go, well, is this great for me right now? Mm-hmm. You know, I actually have capacity to sit with something, not react, not give an answer right away, but sit and pause. I have I have the gift of pause. That's something I never had in a hypervigilant body. Everything was a reaction. Mm-hmm. Things would come at me and I would have to react right away. Everything was urgent. Everything was urgent and everything was, and now I go, hmm, I'm going to sit with this or I'm going to play with that. I'm going to, you know, like a little cat with a ball. I'm just going to play with this a little bit in my body and see how this actually feels. And then I'll come back with an answer, you know, when I feel it, when I respond and to- I want to highlight this. This is important. Capacity to pause. Now, I really want everyone to hear that because when we're talking about pushing through, right, which is an urgent state, or reflexively eating. I was I was a binge eater for years, reflexively eating or binging, another urgent state. Both of those do not invite pause. And both of those are the symptom of not having capacity for pause. Those two things aren't inherently bad or wrong. They're just what happens when we don't know another way. And then when there's this capacity to actually feel safe, this is why I talk about safety being inside of us. When we feel safe actually being with our bodies, then anxiety doesn't become this uh, state we're living in. It becomes these moments of the body speaking to us and asking us to listen. And it becomes an inner relationship, doesn't it? Not something you push through or, or get rid of. No, it's, it's, it's a signpost, you know, Mm. things that come up for me, things that come up and bubble up is an opportunity. It's a, it's a signpost to sit, to pause, not to, not to run, not to override, Mm -hmm. but to sit with it and go, what am I feeling? Why am I hurt? Um, What is hurting inside of me? Or why am I anxious? Is -hmm. is there something about the scenario that isn't sitting with me? Um, I don't, I actually don't see fear as a bad thing. In my life, fear has served as an incredible teacher of all kinds. Um, so fear, like, and all of these, but but that's my point is like all of these feelings are actually important. They're yes. they're messengers. And yes. when when I didn't have capacity, I had no capacity for the messengers. Everything was scary. All of the feelings were scary. And that place and and to bring it all together with diet. I didn't think diet mattered. And what I learned is that there couldn't be anything further from the truth. Diet is one of the most important tools in life for health capacity. Um, To me, you know, this is a big statement, but um, therapists of all all types should be looking at diet. Oh, 100%. 100%. Diet is this cornerstone of our well-being. And for me, I did 10 years of therapy 
that was fine, but I actually didn't reap the benefits of that therapy until I had capacity. That's that's so, it lights me up and it's so important because every time a therapist takes my course, I get so excited because I know now they understand the link between trauma and nutrition and then they can mm-hmm. seek out people like you, Karen Hurd, other people understand specifically the connection between adrenaline and nutrition because that's what we're really talking about here. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like weight loss, your skin being vibrant, that's all great. But when it starts at this basic principle of the relationship between adrenaline and all those illnesses and how nutrition can affect adrenaline, it kind of from there, all this balance is restored. And that's that's what I think the modern therapist is missing. Uh, And even coach, you know, anyone that's working with stressed slash traumatized individuals, you're working with bodies that are highly adrenalized. And this adrenaline comes from the cyclical reverberation of traumatic events. And it comes even more so from the present daily choices that are driven by that traumatized nervous system. So my trauma happened 20 years ago. That lives in me if I haven't found it and helped to release because I don't know how yet. So that lives in me. But what actually affects me is how that drives me to stay up late and watch movies, how that drives me to drink coffees in the morning, how it drives me to soothe myself with chocolate and cookies and chips. So this unconscious drive from my trauma is stored in me to these foodstuffs, which then increases my adrenaline and just adds to the charge that the trauma already gives me. That's what's presenting as all these disorders that we see with, with stressed out and again, PTSD and traumatized individuals. And so when when we start to understand, oh, I have a client that can't sleep. I've been with them for a decade. I've never once asked them what their coffee intake is. I never once asked them, what time do you eat? And what, what does that meal consist of? You don't have to be a nutritionist to do this. You can simply just notice how many stimulants are present, how well are they nourished? How does their body feel after they eat these things? And I think that was what really, like when you said you felt it in your body, that ease come over you. I was not that aware. When I started my journey, it was in macrobiotics. That's that's how beans first came into my life. And I happened to simultaneously quit smoking cigarettes when I started eating these mm. this macrobiotic diet. And I smoked four packs a day. Yeah. And when I stopped, I stopped cold turkey and I had no withdrawal symptoms. And for years, I was like, why did I not have any? <laughs> and then I started realizing I was on a beam protocol essentially for months before I did this. So my body already had this brilliant way of releasing these toxins. So when I let go of the cigarettes, I was held. I had all this capacity from the nutrition for my brain, my nerves, my lungs, that I barely had really any noticeable symptoms. So I'm saying this because when I got into my private practice, at nutritionally, I would have people fill out those, like those old school forms that kind of say like, okay, what did you eat here? what did you feel here? And how was your mood here? And I started noticing these psychological expressions, right, from what they were or weren't eating. Mm-hmm. So you speaking to this capacity piece and, and nutrition as a tool psychologically, I think it's so I just can't I, I just want to say it like every day for the next <laughs> however many years I live so we can understand it. We have to eat anyway. So it's not inconvenient and take any more time. You actually save money with the bean. I've saved so much money on the bean protocol. Actually, we talk about that. I'm saying a lot of things right now. But the part <laughs> I really want to actually land on in my own ramble is the accessibility to this diet. Because so many people will hear this and be like, 
I can't afford superfoods. I can't afford organic. It's beyond all that. So t- tell us about that piece. Well, I would also just like to change the idea of superfood. If you don't have yes. a healthy superfood highway, it does meaning mouth to the anus. That's your mm, superfood highway. If you yeah. don't have a healthy superfood highway, then it doesn't matter what you throw down there. You know, you can buy all the most expensive tinctures and supplements, but if that's not healthy, things are not going to land in the same way. So for me, mm. before the bean protocol, I was taking all of these expensive supplements. Um, I was eating all of this expensive food, but it was just going through me, right? It was just, woo. so to heal, really heal from the mouth, which is such an important part of health, all the way through to the end, then whatever food you are eating from the natural world is a superfood. The fact that they've like sequestered certain foods as superfoods is silly to me because you're just paying more for something that you don't need to pay more for because if you're eating a well-rounded diet, you are getting everything you need. And I am a walking, talking billboard for it because I don't take supplements. I don't take superfoods other than whole foods and beans which are the most superfood. And um, I get blood work three times a year. I do twice with a company I work with and once with my doctor just to check it all. And my blood work is beautiful. And, you know, the rhetoric in the health world is you can't live without supplements because our food is so depleted of, of nutrients. And I show up for that blood work and it is healthy and I am not taking supplements and and I was a supplement junkie. I felt like the more expensive the supplement, the better job it was doing for my body. Oh, yeah, like I, I was stuck. That. Yeah. <laughs> I was stuck in the in the, you know, in the supplement aisle. So Food. I remember looking at my counter and there were like 30 bottles. And I remember thinking, I am so healthy. There were mm-hmm. 30 bo- there were 30 <laughs> bottles on my counter. I am so healthy. <laughs> and I wasn't, I was a wreck. I'm healthier now than I haven't had supplements in like four years. <laughs> yeah, amazing. it's, um. well, you realize that whole saving your money and buying whole organic food for me, not every, obviously it's not important. Maybe that everybody get organic for me, it is. Um, it, it's an insurance that what I'm eating has less chemicals, you know? Oh yeah, me too. Um, and to me, that's important for my gut health. So, um, to me, every time I sit down to a plate of beans and whole grains and vegetable, those are superfoods that is Mm superfood and beans. Actually, they grow crops of beans to help fortify soil. Um, beans are, um, planet healthy beans are inexpensive and within every bean is just minerals and you know what you need what you need is within a bean so um i think beans are you know sadly they got a bad rap somewhere along the way but they're probably one of the most profound foods that we can be eating for the longevity of our health for the nourishment of our nervous system um for the gentle and beautiful support of our liver and our gallbladder. Um, you know, I grew up, I am a Californian, grew, grew up in California where macrobiotic and 
you know, all of these diets were here. And on my healing journey, I actually did macrobiotic. I did Ayurveda and I looked back and I was like, I was so close to the bean protocol. I was yes, like, cir- I, I was circling it. You know? <laughs> yeah. was like, it was calling you <laughs> indirectly through these other ways. It was yeah. like, you're so close. Just take the ghee out of all of the... <laughs> Just a little less grain, more bean with each meal. <laughs> no more ghee. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, and I, and I know, look, I've been on it and working with it for a while now. And there's an absurdity to how much beans you can eat on various um, healing protocols, but it's looking at it as therapeutic dose, right? So I'm very um, sensitive to the person I'm working with and meeting them halfway of where they're at and also figuring out where we need to get their body in the detox conversation. But um, not everybody's going to need that kind of volume of beans. And I just want to say it because I, I, previously said I'd been eating beans every 20 minutes for 22 hours a day. And I was a person with one foot in the grave and what I needed to pull myself out was extreme measures. And instead of doing extreme measures in surgeries and medications, I was doing extreme measures with food. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I mean, you're hearing someone that suffered for many years from extremely debilitating groans, couldn't digest a thing. Everything went through you. I, I heard an interview with you once where you said that your skin was so sensitive that you would like cry if your husband just grazed against you or touched you. Like you were in so much pain. Oh, and I couldn't be in the sun. Like the sun, the thing that gives you vitamin D and gives you mm. light. I couldn't be in the sun. My eyes hurt, my skin hurt. Um, I was really in a in bad shape when um when I when Karen found me or I found Karen, you know, we I was I was that magnet looking for her and and mm. somewhere along the way I pulled, you know. <laughs> I pulled yeah. that magnet. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we keep saying Karen throughout this. We're talking about the illustrious Karen Hurd and she's there I have a ton of episodes with her so y'all can browse those. Um you can also go to karenhurd.com and see a lot, a lot of her work. She's pretty much our teacher and mentor in a lot of ways. Yeah, she's you know? been my nutritionist and mentor for 10 years and mm. um Really, I I don't look back at my illness and how I treated my body because I realized that I treated my body the way I did so I could get the lesson of illness so I could do what I'm doing now. And right. I don't look back and and go, oh, I wish it had been different. And it was it was horrible and it was hell and it was hell on earth. And um, but all of it was the blessing of coming home and healing naturally, which is what was really important to me and um, being able to support other people, understanding the power of food. Like mm-hmm. I know it's, it's bandied about food is medicine and people go, no, food isn't medicine. No, food's more important than medicine. Food is what preempts the need for medicine. Couldn't agree more. You know, I spent so many years at the poverty level because my own choices of not wanting to um not even having the capacity to conform to a certain career that would actually give me money. I just couldn't do it. I didn't have the energy. Uh, and I remember through those years, I I would forego having a cell phone, having a smartphone, going on vacation, doing things people did because I put all my money into food. And I remember having the same, it's not even like a spiritual concept. It was a reality that I saw my friends and people and clients and people I knew spending like 900 to $2,000 a month on insurance. And I remember thinking, I could do that, or I could take that and put it toward my grocery bill. And I could just be thriving. 
And that's, that's what I've done, you know, my entire adult life. I, I still don't have insurance, actually. Not telling people <laughs> not to have insurance. <laughs> me, <laughs> me personally, I just so far my path is so. Uh, but food has been, you know, my, my preemptive. And I've broken a bone before and I got a bill and I paid it off over time. But I, I don't need insurance the way um, I would if I had conditions that were from um, ill health from being malnourished. And I think when you were saying about feeding is different than nourishing, uh, we can feed ourselves the most expensive, beautiful food or the cheapest, most delicious food, whichever one it is. And we're still extremely malnourished. You were getting calories, but no nutrients. And I think when you said about that highway, the superfood highway is such a great statement um, because when your your digestive system can't take in information from food or supplements, there's nothing you you can really do. But I remember learning that when the system, when the biome and when the the bacteria are really balanced, we synthesize so many nutrients from a simple food. So one food that has, let's say, like 20 milligrams of C, if there's sauerkraut added to it or if there's some kind of fermentation happening, your body can actually synthesize more of these vitamins and minerals. So your body becomes this like life producer. <laughs> it's incredible. It's a super organism. Yeah, know? that's like, right. That's let's right. like let's like take the mystique off of these superfoods and let's actually put the power back where it is, which is we're a super organism and we are here to thrive and survive. And as we have this conversation, our body is at work healing whatever needs to be healed. Mm. Um, and all we have to do is put in the nourishment that empowers the body to be the super body that it is and to mm. heal. And mm-hmm. as we speak this moment, this moment we're healing. And I, I, um, yeah, I look at superfoods and I'm uh, anything that grows from the earth, this whole foods, these are superfoods. They're all superfoods. Don't, we don't need to pay more money for these, you know, these select few that people are calling superfoods. What we need to do is cultivate a healthy digestion. And then every food that goes in is going to be pretty freaking super. Mm. I couldn't agree more. And I just want to end on that accessibility piece with beans because they're they're the most inexpensive form of nutrition that I have ever found when it comes to protein and fiber and minerals and vitamins and releasing adrenaline and healing your nervous system and healing your gut and a pro prebiotic that creates better bacteria in the gut. I mean, like they do everything. <laughs> it's I feel like I'm okay, supplementing so maybe everything else. A with them. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're allowed to call them a superfood. I mean. And they're insanely inexpensive. It's like five bucks for sometimes two weeks worth of beans, depending on what bean you get. So those of you listening, if you feel like I can't afford organic, I'm not ready to change my new diet. I don't know if I can do this. Just start by buying a can of beans and eat a spoonful of beans with every meal. I mean, just start there and just start noticing how your body responds. Actually, you are the bean expert. What would you say to people if they're like, I don't know where to begin, but I like what they're saying. That is where you begin. I wouldn't start with a big bowl of chili because that's probably just going to cause a lot of problems. Most people don't eat enough fiber, um, period. And I think the literature now is upwards of 30 grams a day of mixed dietary, if not more, depending on the person, um, dietary and soluble fiber should be in the mix. And um, But it's also might be appropriate to work up to an amount by, I always just say, throw a couple of tablespoons of chickpeas into your salad, Mm -hmm. Um, have a little side of it with your meal, begin to slowly integrate it 
Um, there's a lot of reasons why we get gassy. One of them is hormones, adrenaline. Um, the other one is the fact that your microbiome is going to ferment these fibers as well, which is really important for nutrients for the microbiome. So if you go slow enough, you're not going to be a fart machine or bloated. You'll just slowly <laughs> integrate them, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point because so many people um, that I've worked with when they start eating beans and they get they become fart machines and they connotate that with something negative when really it's like they're having a beautiful detox and they'll usually stop because of the, the bloating, which if you're super uncomfortable and you can't handle bloating, get it. But I've even seen people be like, I don't care if I'm farting, I want to heal. And three days to 10 days into it, they even, they build up that biome and already they the gas goes away. The I have no gas. I eat beans like five times a day. <laughs> like I have no <laughs> bloating from beans. So it's like your, your body will get to this point where it just so uh, absorbs these beautiful creatures, right? Oh, absolutely. And um, I wanted to touch on something because it was a big shift in my um, evolution with food where as a young woman, food played the role of, am I thin enough? How I want to look, right? Mm -hmm. Because I thought how I looked was going to make me beautiful. And what's interesting to reverse on this idea, um, it's who we are and how we feel that makes us beautiful and eating for health and taking care of our vessel is beautiful. And that beauty really radiates out. So it's kind of reversing the power from out there getting validation for beauty to cultivating beauty within here and capacity and sharing that. And mm -hmm. when, you, mm -hmm. when we take the time, especially as any human, but as women, especially to nourish ourselves um, and feed ourselves and not be malnourished, you had mentioned earlier about eating this beautiful food that tastes really good but isn't nourishing us. And there is nothing more beautiful than a nourished woman who has capacity. And mm. it's, it's, um, you, when you said that, I really, it stayed with me and I'm like, I have to bring this back in somehow because that beautiful food that isn't nourishing you is perpetuating the imbalance and, um, going back and, and nourishing your body and nourishing the superfood highway with foods that are not just available, but cheap, and everywhere you go is is such an incredible and powerful um, way to come back home. That's a beautiful way to end this discussion. How can people find you? They can find me at yourgreat.com. And I called my company Your Great because in the moments of illness, when everywhere I went, uh, doctors told me I was broken. The reality was, is that I was still great. I just didn't know it. And I hadn't figured out how to tap into that greatness net yet. So that company name is, um, is my belief in you listening right mm. now. Mm. And you are great. So thank you. Thank you, my thank friend. You. And you can also find me on Instagram at Unique Hammond. So that's the end of today's episode. Notice where you feel the episode inside of your body. Those sensations, those expressions. That's how your body speaks to you. Sit with it, be with it, and let whatever wants to come up, come up. Because all the wisdom you're looking for is right there in those sensations. If you want to go deeper into these practices or find more information about my work, please visit holisticlifenavigation.com. I'll see you next time.
Did you know your food cravings are actually a doorway to your subconscious? They are. We tend to see cravings as something bad or something we just give into mindlessly. But when you embody your cravings, you're able to notice they're just blossoming from a certain place that has a certain need and needs your attention. Join me on Wednesday, May 29th, as I unpack this in a new webinar called Cravings Destigmatized. In this webinar, I'll help you learn the difference between a nutritional craving and an emotional craving, as well as how do we use cravings to get in touch with our unmet needs and any of our unconscious, unprocessed emotional experiences. It begins at 4 p.m. Eastern, and everyone who registers will get a replay. You can find the link in the episode details, and you can also go to www.holisticlifenavigation.com and click on events, and the information is right there. Hope to see you there.